Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. And we're into extra time! Welcome to RNZ's Extra Time. I'm Bridget Tunnicliffe, and this week we're talking netball as we preview the ANZ Premiership. Is 2021 the year the mainland tactics finally get to lift the trophy, or have off-season signings at the Northern Stars put them in with a shot? And can Australian diamond shooter Caitlin Bassett help turn things around at the Waikato Bay of Plenty Magic? Also, the long-awaited inclusion of Pacific Island teams in Super Rugby is closer to reality. And later, we hear from a leading psychologist about New Zealand's top athletes seeking psychological support in record numbers. But first, it's the fifth instalment of the ANZ Premiership, the central pulse of the two-time defending champions, but there have been a number of changes to the side. Conversely, the mainland tactics have only had the one change, and many are picking them as favourites for the title. With me to discuss the team's chances are locker room Suzanne McFadden, Stuff's Brendan Egan, and former Silver Fern Katrina Rode. Welcome. Brendan, you're a Canterbury man, been following the improvement of the tactics over the years. Are they the favourites in your eyes? Oh, they've got to be the favourites in my eyes. Yeah, I've got them as, as big favourites, actually. I think um, this is the tactics time to shine. You know, they've got nine of ten players back from last year. They've, they've made that great off-season acquisition, getting Karen Berger, that really strengthens that defensive end. Her and Jane Watson are just going to pick up a, a stack of defensive ball, I think. And just with the pulse, I feel, you know, just defensively, there's a lot of question marks. You know, no Katrina Rore now. Um, Berger's obviously at the tactics. And, you know, who knows how long Ignacio is going to be out. So, yeah, I've got the tactics as favourites. I think it's their time to come through and get the title. Suzanne, if there are any injuries to one of the key players of the tactics, are they a bit more vulnerable compared to some teams? They are quite reliant on their starting seven. Yeah, I think they are. But I think this might be the opportunity for some of those players who weren't uh, on the court that much last season to step up. But um, fingers crossed that the tactics won't have any major issues because, um, like Brenda and I agree, they are the standout team at the moment. Um, But I'm not going to rule out the stars, Bridget. I really think that um, this may be their year to shine as well. You know, they've gained Gina Crampton, Monica Faulkner, and, of course, Anna Harrison, the legend, returns to just to bolster up that um, defensive end, which was probably their weakness last season. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. And, and of course, the pulse will still be strong, um, and the magic will be in there too. Gosh, I don't know. I think it might be the closest one we've had yet. Yeah. Let's talk about the pulse, Katrina. For the first time in 11 years, you won't be there. The last 10 is captain. Does it feel weird? Jeepers, that's making me feel awfully old, isn't it? I've been around a while. But um, it does feel weird, especially watching pre-season um, on, um, on TV and not being there and being a part of it. But... I'm thoroughly enjoying my break, to be honest. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Pulse, I suppose, are a little bit depleted with the loss of 
at the moment with Mills being out and who who knows how long she'll be out for and losing Carden was was quite big in that off season as well. Yeah, new coach, five changes to the side. Uh, Ikenasio not there, like you say, for the start of the season, likely to return partway through. I spoke to Dame Nolene Totoa yesterday about Ikenasio taking a bit of time out due to fatigue. Here's what she had to say. We work with uh, a lot of athletes and in the space as well, and it's knowing when you do need to pull off and they need to take that rest. Um, I think, you know, with Amelia Ann, people need to also realise that she is a mother um, as well. So, you know, you've got extra strains on top of that and also, you know, has a lot of other things, you know, working on top of her um, being an athlete, a uh, full-time athlete. So, you know, I, I think she's not, uh, I suppose, immune to those things that a lot of other people do suffer. So... Um, I think it's a really positive thing within our sport that we do recognise that athletes are people first and foremost and whatever's required for them to be the best, uh, we will do that. Are you proud of her maturity and being able to say and be honest and say she needed a break? Yeah, definitely. You know, that's one of the things that we actually do uh, talk about a lot um, as a group and also uh, we try to teach um, some of these uh, new up-and-coming um, athletes is that you, when you do need help, uh, that you have to put your hand up. And I think, you know, that's been a common message uh, throughout society. So I think it's courageous. Um, and, you know, it just, it just probably demonstrates the strength of the woman. Um, and, you know, we know that she will be back on court. So having this rest now can only be good for her pulse and also the Silver Ferns. Katrina, at one stage you were Silver Ferns captain, pulse captain at the same time. Imagine throwing a child into the mix. You're about <laughs> to have one. Um, there's only so many hours in the day. That's a massive workload for anyone, right? That's a huge workload, and I don't think people understand how much more you take on mentally when you do become the leader of sides. And I, I think potentially moving forward, if you're the Silver Ferns captain, do you need to be the captain of your franchise uh, team? I remember there was a stage when I was Ferns captain, I um, was pretty keen to give up the Pulse captaincy, but at the time it just didn't really work. Um, so, yeah, I totally, totally understand where Mills is coming from. Katrina, what is what are you looking at doing, um, you know, in the near future after you've <laughs> had your baby you know are you expecting to come back and how would you manage that yeah it's a million dollar question I've talked to my husband about this quite a lot and I have no idea I've seen athletes come back after motherhood uh, after having a baby and some that don't and um I just I honestly have no idea I don't know how I'm going to react and if I want to leave my child if I want to go back and you know it's so much effort to come back and become a full-time athlete um, there's a lot of hard work that needs to go on and I'll need the support of absolutely everybody to be able to do that and um, yeah it's a it's a question of who knows maybe. <laughs> Katrina Kelly Jury, she's now the senior in that defensive end, Paris Mason, Clara Nawai. Tell us a bit more about Mason, for example. 
Yeah, Paris Mason is definitely an up-and-coming uh, defender in New Zealand, no doubt about it. She's probably been thrown in the deep end a little bit quicker than what she probably anticipated, and I think that might have um, kind of stressed her out a wee bit in the pre-season, but she's got through that and now really wants to be on the court and wants to take um, take charge of her game and, and how she plays. And I also think Kelly Jury now being the leader down that end is going to help her grow so much more. And I, I hear that she's playing gold offense too, which she's thoroughly enjoying. Um, and she's shown me a few blood blisters on the on the feet. I'm like, there you go. You're a true goldie now. Okay, let's talk about the Northern Mystics. Finished third last year. Brendan, last year there was a heck of a lot of reliance on Grace Wicky. It felt like she scored over ninety percent of their goals last year. With Mez coming back, taking a little bit of the heat off Wicky, um, together that shooting could be quite lethal. Yeah, I think Bailey Mees coming back is absolutely huge for the Mystics. As you say, they really, really struggled at goals hit last year. You know, they tried a number of young players and I've just basically felt a wicket to really carry that shooting in. I mean, she, she basically shot, you know, 98% of the goals in some games. So, yeah, Mees coming back, that stable, experienced figure operating alongside her, I think the Mystics' tanking's got to be pretty, um, you know, pretty ascending this season. Katrina, at pre-season, during the pre-season, Helene Wilson and Sulu Fitzpatrick have both talked about not wanting to be too predictable, not just relying on the big ball from Tuiava to Wiki, earning the right to play with flair. Do you think discipline in that mid-court could you know, take the Mystics further along this year? Yeah, I I think Mystics is are right up there. Now with Mez coming back, she takes the pressure off Peter as well to have to use her flair all the time. So she gets a chance to relax and really understand where um, she adds the most value. And um, yeah, so having Mez back is huge for them. And Katrina, you had to mark Caitlin Bassett over the years at international <laughs> level. <laughs> what do you make of Bassett playing out at the Magic? I think it's a great call from Bassett to come to New Zealand and really try and stamp her mark back on her game. Um, if, in all honesty, she isn't at her best, and at her best internationally, definitely um, definitely not, and she'll probably be the first to put her hand up and say that. So why not come to New Zealand? Um, having Grace Cara feed you as well, how amazing is that? And, yeah, Magic are the dark horses, I think. Suzanne, what are you expecting from the Magic this year? I think, yeah, they they are going to be the dark horses. And um, they're, I'm not quite sure what's happening with their defence end. Mm. Katrina, do you know, is uh, Timalisi Fokahokotau fit to play? Yeah, great question. I think for franchise-wise, she probably is. I think she might potentially needed a break from the Ferns environment and come back to franchise and hopefully... Um, really find her form again. It's a good question though, Suzanne, because at um, the pre-season in Ōtaki, she was swapped in and out a bit with Georgia Tong playing at goalkeep, and Tong was yeah. really good at goalkeep last year. I really mm. like her there, and I do wonder yeah. whether it was a great move for Fokahokatao to move to the Magic, because you've also got Makai there, who over the years has played a lot at goalkeep, and I think Fokahokatao will miss Jane Watson. They had such a good defensive combination uh, down at the Tactics. Uh, yeah. we better go to the steel. One of those teams that look quite different this year. Brendan, shooting-wise, Ranga Bloxham must be holding out a lot of hope that uh, English import George Fisher and Tiana Maturo can establish a strong shooting partnership. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, yeah, absolutely brand new skill shooting in. I mean, Fisher, I mean, she's a player that really has caught my eye. You know, she was very impressive. You know, when she took the court last year in the uh, Tony Jamison. So, and obviously, it's a huge opportunity for Tiana. I mean, she's, you know, really struggled for court time at the Pulse um, with Amelia Rand in front of her. So, this is her big chance to get out there at goal attack, start games, play 60 minutes, and really just show everyone what she's got. So, yeah, I reckon um, it could be a bit of a nice mid uh, sorry, nice uh, shooting in there with um, George and Tiana. Katrina, defender Tanisha Fafita highly penalised last year. Does she need to improve her court smarts and uh, just her savviness around when to come you know, out for those balls to match her raw physical abilities? Yes, I know it's, it's a hard one. We're always told as defenders not to be highly uh, penalise, but then you've got to look at her gain rate. If she's not penalised, then she can as much gains. But, yeah, again, you don't want the umpire's attention one bit. So if you can get ball without getting penalised, that's awesome. But agreed, very raw talent who has a lot of potential. We have mentioned the Northern Stars earlier in the conversation, but let's just touch on them again. Finished fourth last year. Uh, many people are talking them up. Gina Crampton, the new recruit, feeding Maya Wilson. Suzanne, could that be one of the highlights of the competition? Absolutely. I think Maya Wilson, you know, there's a lot of pressure on her, but I think she will be, again, the outstanding player of the league this year. That's just my guess. But uh, the, I can't wait to see Maya and Gina build on that relationship they they have in the Silver Ferns that's really become really strong, really uh, powerful. And um, add Monica Faulkner to that as well. Um, you know, she's a player that I think has such a long way to go. Um, you know, she's already made that breakthrough, but I think um, this could be her season as well. So really excited to see. You know, they can always fall back on Jamie Hume uh, and you've got Amorangi Melisela as well. I think their attack as well is, is very strong. And um, I think they're going to, well, I was going to say upset quite a few teams, but I think that, that really we were expecting them to win. Anna Harrison back after two years of retirement. Katrina, you must be loving the return of Scar. Yeah, I never thought I'd see her back on the court, but it is it is good for her to to come back and share her knowledge. I know Ali Temu from the Pulse has moved up to the Stars, and she is an outstanding player and uh, even better team person. So I think she's going to learn a lot from her and hopefully get some court time with her as well. Okay, guys, Brendan, who are your top three teams this year? I've got the, I actually got asked this very question this morning, but I've got the tactics beating the Stars, and I've got Pulse as the third team, but I've just got a big asterisk next to them. I mean, if, if Ekinazio's out, say, a month, I mean, that's really going to hinder the Pulse. They could get off to a slow start. So I guess it all depends on Ekinazio, how quickly she can come back. But, I mean, as we've seen with the Pulse, that midcourt is right up there. So I think the Pulse should be there or thereabouts too, but I've got the tactics beating the Stars in the final. Suzanne, what about you? I will reverse that. I'm going to have the Stars beating the Tactics in the final with Mystics third again this year. Katrina? Uh, my top three, <laughs> definitely Pulse, Mystics, Tactics. I want to chuck the Stars out there, no offence, Stars, but um, yeah, I think the Mystics, it's about time they mm. kind of jump up a bit.
The granting of two conditional licences for Moana Pacifica and Fiji Indrua isn't a guarantee the two sides will be competing in Super Rugby next year. New Zealand Rugby wants to establish a new competition from next year involving the Super Rugby Aotearoa sides, Rugby Australia's five Super Rugby teams plus two Pacifica sides. A final sign-off on the licences is expected by the end of June. Robinson says while they're on the frontier of an exciting competition, there's still a lot of work to be done. It's my job to just sprinkle a dose of reality on today and still say we have a little bit of work to do. So we are you know, finalising business plans, so we're conditional on that. And obviously our friends at Rugby Australia, we have ongoing dialogue there. The news has been welcomed by fans and current and former players, though some scepticism remains around how much the new teams will actually benefit Pacific Islands rugby and whether it will increase the strength of the Tonga, Fiji and Samoa test sides. To discuss that with me is RNZ rugby reporter Joe Porter. So it's not over the line yet. What do the teams need to do to be included in Super Rugby from 2022? Well, essentially it's the same as what they needed to do to get given these conditional licences. So it's a bit of a strange move from NZR, but I guess what it does do is allows the two teams to now search for staff, for players, and go about their recruitment. Um, but what they have to do is basically prove to New Zealand Rugby that they can come up with $10 million each per annum to prove that they can be financially viable and sustainable in the future. So they've been given roughly $7 million split between them over three three years, so roughly $3 million each uh, year per annum by World Rugby to get towards that figure. So it leaves them about $7 million short each year to prove to New Zealand Rugby that they are financially viable. So you'd assume that that's largely across the line now. They've gone and sought private equity from outside of New Zealand and other sponsors and bits and pieces, and with that help of World Rugby, you'd assume that the money should be able to be fronted. So that is the major thing that they have to do, is prove that they can be financially viable. The other one is that they can recruit the right kinds of players to make sure that they're instantly competitive in the competition and not getting flogged by 80 points you know, from next year when they join. So that's why they've been given these conditional licences to go out and recruit and, and try and, I guess, show to NZR that they can come up with a competitive team that's financially sustainable. Moana Pacifica are closely aligned with New Zealand Rugby and the New Zealand Players Association. Mm. Are there any concerns about that relationship? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know that some people were caught off guard by this the announcement. The Tonga uh, rugby CEO and, and Samoa were sort of unaware that this was going to be announced yesterday. So there are some sort of grumblings already that perhaps New Zealand rugby has too much of a hand in the running of Moana Pacifica. Uh, lots of involvement from the Players Association. Their boss, Rob Nickel, Kevin Senior, who works for New Zealand Players Association, is apparently going to be made Moana Pacifica's director of rugby. So very close ties to the Players Association and New Zealand rugby. And there are concerns that Instead of creating a pathway for uh, Samoa, Tongan and Fijian eligible players to come through Super Rugby, all it's going to do is just you know, increase the amount of Super Rugby players available to the New Zealand talent pool, to the All Blacks talent pool. Uh, hopefully that gets addressed with some eligibility criteria in these two teams, Moana Pacifica and the Fijian Indrua, um, hopefully allowing only three players that aren't eligible for the three Pacific Island test teams in each squad. So, you know, three players, either X or current or, X or, or current All Blacks or top-line New Zealand players that haven't quite, uh, aren't eligible for Samoa, Tonga or Fiji, but, but are there or thereabouts in terms of top-quality players. So that will hopefully be able to, you know, having three players from outside the catchment area of Fiji, Tonga, Samoa eligibility should make them stronger. Uh, hopefully it also prevents 
Moana Pacifica in particular from becoming a sixth New Zealand Super Rugby franchise and just feeding more players towards the All Blacks. You see, Fijian and Drua have been involved in the Australian competition for a number of years. I think they're running, they're running is a little bit more autonomous. I don't think there's so many concerns around what they will do. It's more around Moana Pacifica and whether or not it will be truly representative of Samoa, Tonga and Fiji and a team that benefits them or if it's just a, a, a token gesture from NZR that actually is really about boosting uh, more supply to the All Blacks. How do the other Super Rugby teams feel about it? Yeah, well, low-key, and they won't say it on record. None of them are happy about it, that's for sure, especially the Blues and the Chiefs. The Blues and the Chiefs worried in particular because of Moana Pacifica's base in South Auckland. That, that you know, they'll, they'll rob them of players from their talent pool, you know, which is already under pressure from the likes of NRL and other Super Rugby franchises from around the country. So the Blues, uh, who consider themselves essentially the, the Pacifica team of, of Super Rugby already, if you will, with, with Auckland being uh, the capital of uh, p- the Pacific Island and Pacifica culture outside of Apia, you would suggest. So certainly some worries is that their talent will, uh, will be taken or poached and go to this other team and also some of their fan base as well. So the Blues and Chiefs, uh, yeah, not happy about it. But there's not much they can do and this is long overdue and New Zealand rugby and Australian rugby owe a debt of gratitude, if nothing else, to the Pacific Islands. And so this team is long overdue and it has to happen despite all the grievances and cynicism some people have. It, it, it has to happen for these teams to be given a chance in the future. So while there are some big question marks remain, uh, you know, if, if you're trying to look at it from the outside and put all, those, put all those issues to the side at this point in time, it is a step forward for Pacific Island rugby. Do you think it will translate into more top Pacific mm. Islands talent staying in the region, playing for Tonga, Samoa and Fiji? Well, that's the big question, isn't it? Uh, will these Super Rugby teams that can pay sort of between 75k a year and 195k a year be able to match the big contracts on offer in Japan and Europe, where a lot of the top Pacific Island players pay, uh, play now? Um, those contracts will be appealing for many players. I think the top top stars you get in Europe, you like your Semi Radradras and Josiah Tui Silvers, who are on you know what a million pounds almost a year. Uh, I think it's probably going to be out of reach for them. Um, guys that already play for Ireland like Bundy Aki, but uh, a lot of top players who are considering going overseas now will hopefully. Be be able to stay in the Pacific Islands and I know speaking to the Fijian CEO um, he's already been approached by several current Fijian 15s and 7 stars who are applying their trade in uh, Japan and Europe who are desperate to come back want to join the Fijian and draw all Moana Pacifica because they are desperate to come home and live in Fiji again, be closer to family and be closer to the region. I think we mustn't forget how strong a draw card or a pull coming home for some of these Pacific Island players who are living a long way away from their family, a long way away from their culture, with not a lot of access to it in parts of Northern England, etc. and France, how big of a draw card it would be to come home and be around their friends and family again while still being able to be a professional rugby player. New Zealand's top athletes sought psychological support in record numbers last year. A leading psychologist says athletes and coaches are now suffering sleepless nights, have trouble making decisions and controlling their emotions as the stress associated with the pandemic lingers. High Performance Sport New Zealand's Head of Performance Psychology and Mental Skills Consultant Dr Kylie Wilson leads a team of 14 contractors offering services for around 200 Olympic athletes with their sights set on the quickly approaching Tokyo Olympic Games. Dr Wilson told RNZ's Felicity Reid that the postponement of the Games hit athletes hard, but sports people could be feeling effects for years to come. There was quite acute stress when the Games were postponed. It was a big change to get their head around having something that people focused on for four years sort of just changed all of a sudden. And so that acute stress, you're doing a lot of work around that. What we're seeing now, and not just with athletes, but coaches, support staff, leaders of of high-performance programs, you're seeing that 
um, sort of more chronic or cumulative stress starting to emerge where people have been living in uncertainty and, and having to adapt and change plans and you know and that, that takes quite a bit of emotional and cognitive energy and they've been doing that now for you know well over a year so you, you see the typical responses to that kind of chronic stress you know just things like sleep dysfunction, perhaps not being able to manage emotions quite as well or impact on decision-making. So you're seeing a little bit of that come to the fore as well. And do you imagine that this could linger for a little while? You know, typically, and not just in high-performance sport environments, but when people have been dealing with, you know, chronic stress for a long time, then there are sort of lingering effects of that. I think one thing to acknowledge is, you know, the game itself is going to be very different and unique. And whilst a game's experience is normally pretty taxing because, you know, there's a high amount of focus and energy and, and um, discipline goes into that period of time, you're going to have the other factors involved in terms of restricted movement and it's not going to feel quite like it normally does. And so that's going to be a spike of stress. And then, you know, people will need to transition quickly into, if they are moving on to another cycle, um, preparing for a game in a shortened time frame as well. So the combination of those things, I think, will mean people will have to really take time out, try and refresh really effectively, maintain sort of their self-care strategies, and I, I guess adapt if they are feeling that they can't physically or, or mentally re-engage when they thought they would be able to give themselves permission, I guess, just to taper off a little bit or make some changes in how they're training and preparing. Some people will say that athletes don't really have it that tough. Does that downplay some of the situations that athletes are faced with that might be unique or prevalent to the industry? I think that there's a truth in that, that, you know, athletes are still able to do what they do in, in most cases, whereas people within New Zealand and across the world have, have lost jobs and, and, in the worst case, lives of, of loved ones and, and things. So there's a, a huge amount of gratefulness within our athlete group around the situation they're in comparatively, but stress is it's hard to compare across people. So one athlete, one person or challenge is, you know, relative to, uh, to other people. So it's hard to compare that. That brings us to the end of Extra Time. My thanks to Locker Room's Suzanne McFadden, Stuff's Brendan Egan and former Silver Fern Katrina Rore. Extra Time is available every Friday from about 4pm. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, iHeartRadio and of course at rnz.co.nz. Give us a rating if you would. That helps a whole lot and means other listeners can find us more easily. I'm Bridget Tunnicliffe. Haere rā. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.